You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Chris finished off a series last week. Um, Tyler will be beginning a new summer series next week. It's right in the middle, bridging the gap. We're going to focus on worship this morning. And um, the way I've looked at it, what I've tied to it today is the journey into the Holy of Holies. I think it's convenient to look at that. But I've, it's a tw- I said it's a 21st century module because what we're going to look at is look at what it was like back in the time of Moses. They had a ta- the tabernacle, a time where, and they had like the holy place and the holy of holies. And it's a model that has been used. I know I use it as well, and some of us as a, as a worship leaders, we use kind of like this model as we're selecting songs and wanting people to enter into, into worship themselves. But I think it's important that we look at it and how it's important for our everyday life. Um, first question I have, really, and it's just, like I said, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. You don't have to answer. It's just to get you thinking. What does it mean to worship God today? Because surprisingly, when I speak to, or when I've spoken to people before, I said, what is worship to you? They immediately say, it's singing songs on a Sunday to God. Oh, that's a time when we come together and sing. Well, yeah, that's a part of it, but there's more to it than that. I said, really? Yes, there's more. And I think we need to, with everything that we, we hear in the Word, everything we read, and everything that we experience in church, we need to constantly look into it and make sure that we're understanding what it really what it really is what really does it mean to worship God what does it really mean to come before him and pray and all these things and this is what I want to look at this morning in Hebrews 8 to 10 it speaks about the tabernacle it makes reference to it in the time of Moses and um, this the tabernacle was that was the old covenant the law of Moses it was the old covenant that was in place but Hebrews also speaks about a new covenant made possible by the blood and sacrifice of Christ. The great high priest has made a way for us to freely draw near to God. So it's already, it's gonna, it's already on the screen. I've, I've got a lot of scripture to read out. I hope you're ready and I hope you've got your Bibles ready because, you know, prepared. It's always good to really get into the Bible. But in Hebrews 10, 19-23, it says, Therefore, my brothers, since we have confidence, confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. As we move on in Hebrews 10, 28 to 29, it says, Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has, who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who is treated as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctify him, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? 
And moving on once more, Hebrews 10, 36 to 39, it says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. There's a lot going on there. But like I said, it, this relates back to the tabernacle back in Moses' time. And I want to take us on this journey, on a journey looking at the tabernacle outlined, and is outlined in Exodus 25 to 30, but showing how the law of Moses, the journey into the Holy of Holies, is relevant and an important requirement in our daily worship to God. So are you ready to go on a journey with me this morning? Yes. Yes. Good. We like journeys. So point one, the outer court. There are seven steps I want to outline. And of course, the first one begins in the outer court. Step one is the gate. And this is outlined in Exodus 27, 9 to 16. Like I said, I'm not going to read it. There's a lot of scripture, but it's just there for your reference. Now, the gate was a place where group activity often took place. The gate was always opened. Now, I was thinking, well, what does that mean for us today then? Well, I think it's symbolic of our decision to follow Christ. For one, we want to go through the gate and experience his presence. They suggest that this free and open entranceway into worship is available to everybody. It was always the gate was always open; anyone could walk through. Now I see it also as an invitation. I've put up on there as well some references. We're going to read them in John six thirty-seven. It says all. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Again, in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he was offered, offering an invitation, an invitation for people to draw near to God. To, and that invitation is available to us today. It's not a one-time thing. We have to constantly be willing to walk through the gates. Do we remain where we are, or do we respond to this invitation? this open gateway that is freely present before us to come to Jesus and rest in his presence. Would it surprise you if I say we do not start our days in the Holy of Holies? When we wake up, we need to make that conscious decision to go through that gate. Not to stay where we are and go it alone, but to say, okay, today, God, I want to draw near to you. Today, I want to walk through that gate and experience you. Every single morning, every single day, are we doing that? I've questioned myself, am I doing it? Some days I've, I've not done it. I've stayed where I, where I was and I was like, 
at the end of the day, I was thinking, well, that wasn't a good day. Why? Because I didn't draw near to God. I went it alone, and it was difficult. I noticed a difference. Then we got your second step, the bronze altar. When you walk through the gates, there before you was a bronze altar. And this altar was used for sacrifice. Not just any sacrifice, but the best sacrifice. When people walk, when they walk through the gates, they will offer the very best that they have, the best animal sacrifice they had, out of respect for the Lord. And again, I was thinking, well, how much do I respect the God? Do I respect God today? Do I really give Him full respect, or do I take Him for granted? See, the coming of Christ changed the way we sacrifice to the Lord. We still need to give our best, but of, instead of animals, we need to sacrifice ourselves. doesn't mean that you have to kill yourself, like they killed animals, but it's living sacrifices. And this is outlined in Romans 12.1. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. It's a continual process. Laying down our lives daily for the cause of the kingdom. This is why I said that when we wake up in the morning, are we saying, Lord, I want to walk through the gate? Or are we saying, I want to stay where I am? Because when we say, I want to walk through the gate and experience you, immediately after that, he's going to say, are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to say for me to use you anyway? And we have to be willing. Are we willing to say yes to that? Christ is our example of sacrificial living. And just to share with you a, a quote from I mean, myself and a few others who have been studying um, the life of Christ in the Synoptic Gospels. And um, one um, quote that stood out for me was this. Uh, Mark, can you just do the next one, please? <laughs> no, back, other way, forward. <laughs> it's okay. No, further on. That's the one. There we go. So it said, He, oh, this is Jesus, met all the requirements. He was willing, having come to do the Father's will. He was able to pay the price, make the ultimate sacrifice to satisfy the righteousness of God and atone for the sins of humanity. He is near of kin through the incarnation, having taken on humanity in order to redeem us. I've underlined some key things that there. He, he was willing to come and do the Father's will. He dem Christ demonstrated his character on a daily ba basis under all possible circumstances, communi communicating not only through his life, but through his works. Are we living sacrifices? Or are we half-hearted, reluctant, doubtful, unwilling to sacrifice our all? Are we unwilling to give our very best on a daily basis? 
big questions and big questions I find myself challenged with. And then step three, you got the wash basin. This was for cleansing. You see, the priests were required to wash their hands and feet before entering the holy place to wash away all the dirt to, to cleanse themselves before entering into the most holy place. Do we need cleansing before we come into the presence of God? In Psalm 24, verses 3 to 4, it says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. Our worship to our God must be pure and it must be clean. So we must be willing to, if we're not pure and if we're not clean, then we must say, okay, God, I need to be cleansed. I'm guilty of this, I'm sinful of this, and I say, Lord, I need to be cleansed. We cannot come into God's holy presence in guilt and shame. Instead, cleanse ourselves. If we are guilty, why are we guilty? In giving that away, giving that to the Lord, saying, I'm guilty of this, but I know that you forgive me. Only once we've been cleansed can we then proceed deeper into his presence. So we move on to point two. The holy place. See, only once we have responded to the invitation, sacrificed our lives, our cares, our possessions to the Lord, the best that we have, and sought cleansing of our guilt, or properly prepared, then we can enter into the holy place. Not the holy of holies, but the holy place. In the tabernacle, you have a tent in the middle of the outer, you've got the outer court, and in the middle you've got the, a tent, and it was split into two rooms. You've got the holy place, and then you've got the holy of holies. Now it was considered a privilege to enter the holy place. That line there, a privilege to enter the holy place. Do we consider it a privilege to come before, to come before God, to come into his presence on a daily basis? Or do we take it for granted? See, the outer courts were very crowded and very few people entered the holy place. I found that very interesting. I'm thinking, okay, how does this relate today then? Because some Christians they are only interested in remaining in the courtyard. They, they go so far and they think it's enough. I've entered through the gate. I've said I'm willing to say, okay, God, you can use me. I've washed myself. That's enough. There's nothing more I need to do. And then they focus about what they can receive from God rather than what they can give to God. See, the priests entered the holy place daily. So surely our worship to God should be a daily occurrence. Everything I've said so far should be a daily occurrence. I mean, why wouldn't we enter the holy place daily? Step four. Once you walk into the holy place, there was a golden lampstand. 
it brings light into what was a dark room. There was no windows, just a flap or the door that you walked through. So there was no light. And so you had a golden lampstand that was shining. The oil was always replenished. It never burnt out. Now I was looking at this and researching into this and thinking, okay, again, what does this mean for our worship today? As we sincerely come before God, the Holy Spirit will help illuminate our way. It illuminates the Word of God, illuminates our minds, opens up our understanding. And the Holy Spirit is always present. The Holy Spirit never burns out. He is always there, ready to light our way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. As we draw near to God, the Holy Spirit will help illuminate our way. Step five. And then you've got the table of bread. The bread was always renewed. It was always kept fresh. It was not good to have stale bread. Have you ever had stale bread? Oh, it's tough, isn't it? It's not nice. I don't feel nourished when I have stale bread. But when I have fresh bread, I feel, oh, that was nice. Depends on the bread. Do we get tired of worshipping God in our everyday? Do we seek to satisfy our own needs by what is available in this world? Do we seek to be nourished by having acceptance, by having authority, by trying to, to be wealthy? Is that our way of being nourished on a daily basis or are we nourished by coming into God's presence? Complete nourishment is found in the presence of God. The way I see bread is this. The Bible. This is our daily bread. Daily we can take it up, we can read, and we can be nourished. Again, I question myself saying, how often, how often do I take up the word? Sometimes it can be a challenge. This is why I mean life can throw so many kind of hurdles and challenges our way. And we, as I, I say myself, it's very easy to neglect reading the one thing that gives me complete nourishment. And in step six, you've got the golden altar of incense. This left off a constant fragrance. Have you ever had those incense sticks? My mum loves them. House are full of them. You know, she, these little pots with perfume with these, stink, these sticks. It lets off a lovely fragrance. This was what was present in the holy place. And it let off a constant fragrance. 
See, when we reach this step, surely there needs to be a significant change now in our attitude. We started at the gate. Say, okay, I need to be willing to walk through this gate first. And I need to be willing to give my very best to God. Then cleanse myself of all the guilt and shame and sin that has entangled me before I can enter the most holy place. I walk into the holy place and the Holy Spirit is ready to illuminate me. Illuminate my thoughts, my minds. I come to the table of bread. There's the Bible. I can read it daily. Okay, I want to read this. I want to see what, what more can jump out at me. And then you reach the incense and it's praise to our God. It's shifting attention away from ourselves and outwardly towards our Saviour. It's no longer about what we, what we can receive or get. It's what we can give. It's our response. Christ has made a way so that we can freely come boldly approach his throne but we need to be willing to give praise to God worship is not about what we receive but what we pour out in response to all that God has done to us I love the Psalms the Psalms they speak so much about praise I think the one that says it a lot is Psalm 150. Because it says, the very first line, praise the Lord. And it says again, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If that wasn't enough, it says it again. Praise the Lord. How often do we praise God? How often do we question God? How often do we speak against God, challenge God, ask why? Rather, how often do we say, God, you are everything. I would not be where I am if it wasn't for you. I want to praise you because you are the God of the heavens. You are the God of the earth. You are mighty to save. You are my saviour. You are my redeemer. I love you. How often, do we, how often do we praise our God? And then you got point three. The most holy place. Step seven. In the presence of God. See, back in the time of Moses, only once a year could a priest enter the most holy place. Once a year. But before he could enter, he had to go through all the other steps of preparation. He couldn't just waltz in through the gate, skip, you know, ignore the, all the other steps, he, and just walk into the most holy place. No, he couldn't do that. He had to go, he had to walk through the gate, he had to sacrifice, he had to wash himself, walk into the most holy place where there was the, the table of bread, where the light was shining, where there was incense. 
and then he could enter the most holy place. Like I said before, Jesus has made a way so that we can enter the most holy place daily and experience the presence of God anytime, anywhere. The key point is that worshippers at this stage are not asking God for anything. We reach that place where we're not asking God. We're not giving out our list. We are simply in his presence. Simply at his feet. Learning from him. Allowing him to speak into our hearts and minds. Experiencing what the joy of his presence truly means. There's a story in Luke, chapter 10. I'd like us to turn there. Luke chapter 10, 38 to 41. So I think this puts in perspective really what it, mean, what it means to worship God. This is as Jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Again, there are so many elements in this, but I think it sums up what I've been saying, is that we can be easily distracted. I put my hand up first and say, I'm easily distracted. We can allow other things to come into our lives and then we get, we oh, I've got to do this. Oh, I need to, oh no, I need to go over there and do this. And what about this? And then, oh, look at my schedule. I've only done one thing this morning when I was going to do 25. What, how am I going to get everything else done? I'm carrying on doing all these things. But Mary had it right. She was at the feet of Jesus. What are our priorities? Are we more concerned about what we can receive? Are we willing to sacrifice and be willing to be at the feet of Jesus daily? Worship is more than just singing songs on a Sunday. It helps, it's important. We see it again, we see it in the word about people praising God, coming together, lifting up songs, different songs. But that's not it, just it. Worship doesn't stop the moment that you leave this place. It should be a continual process. Monday morning, people say, Oh, Monday morning, long week ahead. And Monday morning we start afresh. God, I want to walk through the gate. I want to come into your presence and I allow you to lead me forward this week. 
So some questions to get you thinking. Where are you on the journey? Do you have confidence to enter the most holy place? Are you prepared to enter the most holy place? Are you at the gate? The door is open, but you're reluctant to walk through. Or are you at the altar, unable to go further because you cannot say to God, here's my life, I give it to you completely. Completely. Maybe you're further down the line, I don't know, at the wash basin, but you're unable to recognize any guilt, any sin, any chain that is holding you down or holding you back from drawing near to God. Or are you approaching the holy place sincerely, allowing the Holy Spirit to illuminate your path and your thoughts? Or are you still allowing your own thoughts to distract you, trying to understand things in your own mind? Are you nourished by the word of God daily, sincerely seeking the presence of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to illuminate your way through the word? Are you wholeheartedly praising God? Or are you expecting something in return? God has already already given us more than we can ever give back. Why should we expect anything else from him? Are you at the feet of Jesus? Or are you shrinking back into the comforts and temptations of this world? Christ made a way so that we can boldly approach the throne of God. Boldly approach the throne. Confidently come before God. And this is made available for us every single day. And I question myself even now. I know that there are some steps I need to work on. There are some steps that I know are not a daily occurrence. Where are you on the journey? And in the remaining time that we have here this morning, it's important to, I feel it's important to reflect on this. Not just hear it and then leave, but to actually take the time to, we've got time, to take the time to draw near to God this morning. Let's start right. Let's start the journey right and come to the feet of Jesus this morning. If you require prayer regarding this, I know there are people here that are able to pray for you. This is the opportune moment. It's like if, you, if anything I've said to you this morning has hit a nerve and you know I'm struggling with this, let's pray. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go and there's a song I want to play. And all it says is thank you. Like I said, we don't need to ask God for anything because God has done it all. And even thank you doesn't feel like enough. But it's a start to say, God, thank you. Because because of what you've done, I can freely enter into your presence anytime, anywhere. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people 
in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.